0: to the midday grind with Martin Kilcoin and Charlie Marlowe on 590 the fan
1: and 590 care, Let's start living dangerously. 12:37 welcome back midday grind 590 The Fan, 590thefan.com, Charlie Marlowe, Jim Hewer, Brian Hoffman, Lucas Jones, Martin Kilcoin on assignment. but he will be back on Monday. I'm told I'm filling in on the morning after on Monday, New Year's Eve, which will turn into kind of a Mizzou, Oklahoma State Liberty Bowl preview. That's a fun day. You got
2: to uh, get a meteorologist on from Memphis that day. Talk about the weather, what to expect for game time.
1: How much of a bummer would that honestly be if it goes the way of the huge bump. first yeah, responders bowl and they play? For a little bit, and then they just call the thing off. Be a huge.
0: Bar. That would be bad.
1: That yeah. would be really bad. It is funny because, like, when that happens, to teams you don't care about, you don't really care. When it's Boston College versus Boise State, and maybe you threw a bet down, but you just get it back. You're like, hey, I didn't lose. But if that happens to the one bowl game you really care about, people are not going to be. Especially happy. if you made the trip to get down there, that one, would be the worst. Maybe you're part. waiting
2: for like the one Mizzou bowl game that's driving distance away, so they get into Memphis. Like, yeah, let's go New Year's Eve, have a fun time, and then it just thunderstorms all day and just completely drags it down.
0: I think it would be bad for the city of Memphis, too, because they have tradition there with the Liberty Bowl. It's been around a long time. So, yeah, that, that would, that well, would the more be... more
2: reason bad. to put a bowl game here in St. Louis where we have a dome. We talked
0: about that. I've said we? that, man. I'm <laughs> telling you. Bring it.
1: I didn't say it has to be the best bowl game. I'm just watching some of these other bowl games, and I'm like, we should have one, too. If Detroit gets one, we should get one. We'll work on that moving forward. We've talked a lot about bowl games in the college football playoff. This clip kind of went viral yesterday, and I watched this thing probably five times. And each time I watched it or listened to it, I was laughing my butt off. It was media day for Oklahoma versus Alabama. Brian Hoffman, you have the clip. It's an Alabama player, and he's asked about Kyler Murray. This is
2: defensive lineman Quinnen Williams. Here it is. Here it is. There it is. Uh, now, I don't feel like I have going against a quarterback, resembling Kyle Calumar, but uh, I feel like Kyler Murray is not uh, where. about <clears throat> <laughs> No, nah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> the Nick Saban conscious kind of came out and said, he said not, and he was about to say yep. some Bolton board material. Yeah. Right? And then the joke is on Twitter, the Nick Saban little devil, little devil. or angel appeared on his shoulder and just said, shut
1: up it's so funny because (laughs) and you couldn't hear the question the guy asks have you seen any quarterback this year that resembles or slightly resembles Kyler Murray and he starts talking and then as Hoffman said he gets to the point where he says well I don't think Kyler Murray and then you can you can almost see or feel him just (laughs) thinking if I say this what will be the repercussions from Nick Saban or the coaching staff because he was about to go bulletin board and then he just stops doesn't say anything, and the guy follows up. He goes, no, I'm good. <laughs> you know, he was going to say something like he's not that special
2: or not anything we haven't seen before in the SEC, and you know that that's going to appear on in the Clemson locker room. You know, ESPN's going to play that not only just throughout the day, just all day long. That's the talking point. Did you hear what Quinnen Williams said? And he, he saved himself an explanation to Coach Saban by just kind of cutting himself off mid-sentence. Got to give just, him some credit. He <laughs> caught himself. That's smart.
1: the thing. Let's hear it one more time. He just stops mid-sentence. He's like, no, I'm good. One second, let me pull it back up. <laughs> I was laughing every time I saw this yesterday. Any quarterback that
2: slightly resembles Kyler Murray? Uh, no, I don't feel like I have going against a quarterback slightly resembling Kyler Murray, but uh, I feel like Kyler Murray is not uh, where about
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> Whoops! No, I'm, I'm
2: good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny he's got a he's got a huge smile on his face like yep. he knows he <laughs> saved himself a lot of trouble uh, Like cutting himself off.
1: Oh, that's so good. He says, "No, I'm good." That's like the genuine though. I don't want to say innocence. It's not like he's a child, but he's you know whatever he is, twenty, twenty-one years old, and he really wants to say that. And then right in the middle, he just realizes, <laughs> nope. "Yep." And it makes it even better. It makes it better that way. <laughs> That was being played all over uh, Twitter yesterday, and that was, uh, that was some good stuff. How about this? I'm just reading this story. It's on ESPN.com. Safety Eric Weddle gets $1 million bonus if the Ravens win. Here's the article here. After every Baltimore Ravens victory, safety Eric Weddle celebrates by eating about a gallon of ice cream. If the Ravens can beat the Cleveland Browns on Sunday, Weddle will receive a bigger prize, a seven-figure one. Weddle earns a $1 million incentive. If he reaches the Pro Bowl, and Baltimore makes the playoffs in the same season. After making his sixth Pro Bowl earlier this month, Weddle only needs the Ravens to defeat the Browns to cash in. The Ravens' projected chances are at 82.3%, the highest odds for a team not yet in the postseason. He says, Weddle, I would trade $1 bucks for a chance at the playoffs any second. That's just where I'm at. It's not that I don't appreciate money. Or how much money it is, but that's not my incentive to try to go to win. First of all, if they're eighty two point three projected chances, uh the highest odds for a team not yet in the postseason, the Browns right now are really hot though. Yeah. So sure it would not are. surprise me and just knowing Baker Mayfield wanting to shut everybody up to try to ruin somebody's chances of making the postseason. But what I think is is more interesting, and I'm I'm asking this half jokingly, clearly players aren't allowed to uh, to gamble on games they're playing in. This can go back to the Pete Rose stuff. But if this was anything else, and you were guaranteed either $1 million for a win or $0 for a loss, any smart gambler would hedge that bet. Bet
2: a little on Cleveland and get something in case.
1: By bet on Cleveland. Now, again, I'm sure that's illegal for Eric Weddle to do that. But would it be illegal for family members uh, or an agent... Uh, Seriously. I mean, you're getting either a million bucks or nothing. Hmm. It's an interesting point. If they win or if
2: Pittsburgh loses, they're in. One of those two things needs to happen. I think what's funny and an interesting side bet, which maybe might motivate into Charlie's uh, side story that might motivate Charlie's thinking here is Weddle faced the exact same situation last year, made the Pro Bowl as a member of the Ravens, and then Andy Dalton on fourth and whatever – in the waning moments of a game, throws the game-winning touchdown—a kind of bit of a deep ball that that knocked Baltimore out of the postseason picture. Um, I think if I'm a member of Weddle's family, I'm just like, you know, it'd be great if you, because you're not losing a million, you're, you gain a million. It's right. not like the Ravens are going to come and say, write us a check right now. We lost, we're not in. Um, but yeah, I think there's a nice little, just emotional support. Like, hey, you know. I won ten grand off your loss.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Text line 855-282-8255. A lot of them coming in. Hey, Chuck, let's talk about Marshawn Lynch trying to light a blunt. That's hilarious. From the eternal flame at uh, Oakland Stadium. did see that. Kind of the Al Davis statue. That's just, Marshawn Lynch is one of the most fascinating characters in all of sports. And you saw him recently. He goes to the, what, the city council meeting in Oakland and basically says, we've lost the Raiders. We're losing the Golden State Warriors, they're moving to San Francisco. We can't lose the Oakland A's. Just speaking up for his hometown, for his city, but also he he rolls in there wearing sandals and shorts and a backpack. Like, I, I just don't care about anything, but that's great, and that's why people love Marshawn Lynch so much. Uh, let's see, also on the text line, 573, I'm rooting for Bama just so I can see that curmudgeon Saban get all surly after a celebratory Gatorade bath. What an ass. You did see couple years back when he got kind of hit in the head mm-hmm. with the Gatorade jug and he was not too happy about that uh flip phone stand says take the over Alabama will score 60 by themselves and again the over under Alabama Oklahoma is 77 I'll tell you what that that's a high number it's but so again high. it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if you almost see touchdowns on every single drive
2: I, I just don't like having to root for that though if I'm a I'm not much of a better, but if I were to, I wouldn't. Like, mm-hmm. God, two straight, three and outs. What am I going to do? Like, you feel like it's done. Or if there's a long eight-minute drive and they miss a field goal. Like, oh, come on. I wouldn't want to have to have to hinge my hopes on that.
1: Flip phone Stan texting in again about our previous Blues conversation. He says, funny how the expectations have changed so soon for this team. You were all saying this was a cup finals team, and now you're hoping for a seven or eight seed. And I have to disagree with that. I don't think anybody – Even though there was a lot of positivity coming off the summer, I don't think anybody said the Blues were a Stanley Cup contending team, but I do think it's fair to say that most people thought they were a team that was solidly in the playoffs, and whether that's the 5 seed, the 6, whatever it is, I would have been surprised if they were a Stanley Cup contending team almost as much as I'm surprised right now by them being so far out of it. And again, things are going well right now, but with the way they started, that's what really caught me off guard because... It seemed like they were they were being lauded, not just locally, but nationally and with the hockey media for the moves they made on paper this offseason that they were going to be a much better team. And again, it wasn't like they were that bad last year. They were a team that barely missed the postseason. That's why it's so surprising that start for the Blues. But I don't think anybody ever was saying they're a Stanley Cup contending team. Am I wrong on that?
0: You never heard that from me. I, I always, again, I... I restate at seven or eight they can even be a nine or a ten but within those four teams you can flip a coin and it's a break here or there get you in get you out if you're in that mix but they were in the mix to get in they could still get there but you know they're not a team that's gonna finish in the top two in this division i wouldn't even say top
1: three at this point as you guys get ready for the football games this weekend for new year's eve for new year's day Get all of your food, your booze, of course, at Schnucks. Schnooks. Do you guys mm-hmm. have any? Do you have any holiday favorites or traditions in terms of food for New Year's Eve, New Year's Day? Well, Pick them all up at Schnook's though. Yes,
0: I. We are going to. We've done this about three years now. On, and this is why I go back to the Final Four college football. We grill pizzas out on the grill. Oh, I very like that. Cool. Got a gas grill. and We make pizzas out on the grill. Homemade, just. And that's that's why you got two games, so you can make a lot of different toppings and different kinds. So that has become a tradition in the last
1: three or four years. I like that. Also, Fast Eddies, if you want a place to party, even though it's not technically a sports bar, but you can, of course, watch the games there. And Saturday, I mean, NFL Sunday is going to be fantastic, but Saturday, if you're a college football fan, you can just sell in. You can watch Florida-Michigan starting early. That rolls you into about nine or ten hours straight of really good, you would hope, College football with uh, Michigan-Florida followed by college football playoff. The first game, 3 o'clock, Central-ish, Notre Dame and Clemson. And then the nightcap, Oklahoma and Alabama. But get on down to Fast Eddie's Air. That's
2: the day you go Saturday and you do the full strawberry. Oh, hair. yeah. Yes. You go there early and you just order everything on the menu. Three times. Yes. And you and can you s- have three meals there. Yes, Ooh, and wow. you stay there until the final uh, down of uh, – of the late game,
1: And we are going to have our uh, Fast Eddie's trip for one of these. I think it makes sense to do one <laughs> of these NFL playoffs Saturday or Sundays coming up. That I promise makes you, sense. Yeah. Santa Steve, we are going to schedule this coming up in the month of January. Uh, we're going to get to the end of the day, but first, a holiday message from Our Little Haven.
2: You know what? I actually don't have it ready. We'll just say Our Little Haven. Go to ourlittlehaven.org and uh, find out all the great things that they do at uh, our Little Haven. Martin always sings their praises. They uh, do a lot of great things, making sure that uh, finances and such like that are taken care of.
1: And now it's time for At the End of the Day.
2: the
0: end of the day. Okay, when's the end of the day?
1: At the end of the day, it's going to be tough to tell someone they might not be in it. At the end of the day, even though there's moments where you're like, oh, I I don't want to do this.
0: I'm not a
2: big fan of using bowl records by conferences
1: to determine the strength <laughs> of right, the conference.
2: Right. So I think it's very, they pick and choose a lot.
1: But so that's why it's fun.
2: I I get that. We all do this. But if if you lose a lot of the early bowl games, a conference does, but then wins like the, a, a college football playoff right. or wins another, like the Rose Bowl, suddenly it's good because they want a big one. That being said, the Pac-12 is a major conference, and in my life has had really good teams. USC, for instance, was dominant for years in my lifetime out of at the time the Pac ten, but also the Pac twelve. And then following that organ was really good for a while. Right. Uh they haven't won a bowl game in over a calendar year. They are one for their last eleven as a conference. Now they can change that tonight. Washington State plays. But that is for a conference that you could usually pencil in what, five, six bowl teams?
0: Pretty embarrassing. Yeah, that's significant. There, There's, you can put some uh, what's the right word? You can just say, yeah, there's some truth to that. When you're that bad, there's some truth to why you're that. You're not very good.
1: Also, and I and I can't really say this fairly as an uh, Ohio State and Big Ten fan, but because they've also been left out of college football playoff two years in a row, but it seems like the Pac-12 is almost an afterthought. They're not even really in the discussion. In the last couple of years, now, Washington got there three yep. college football playoffs ago. But in the last two years, when you're talking about the bubble teams for the college football playoff, it's always been basically Ohio State the last couple of years, and then this year Georgia as a two-loss SEC team. But that also shows you kind of the weakness of the Pac-12, that they're not even in that discussion. Nobody's even talking about them as a team that's that's missing out. However, I do think, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like the whole the bowl conference thing it's always about Big Ten versus SEC. Yes, which, and, by the way, Auburn
2: yep. is beating Purdue 13 nothing right now. I also now, bet so Auburn, Big Ten sucks. so
1: that's good. <laughs> in this particular case, Auburn's up 14-zip on Purdue right now, so you have a true Big Ten versus SEC battle going on right now. But also, the the Big Ten wins their first two bowl games. Minnesota um, rolls in their bowl game. And then uh, last night as well, Wisconsin, during the day actually, Wisconsin destroys Miami. You have the first SEC team. Last night in a high-scoring game, Vanderbilt loses to Baylor, 45-38. It kind of goes back to, and and this is nothing against Mizzou or SEC, because this started basically in 2007 when in 06 and 07, Ohio State got boat raced by Florida in the national championship game, and the following year they get destroyed by LSU in the national championship game. And basically since then, there's been this fun rivalry of SEC teams have no respect for Ohio State and the Big Ten, and the Big Ten says whatever with the SEC. It's all about Alabama. It's not about the rest of the teams. And so I feel like this always comes down to Big Ten versus SEC. And you started to see that a little bit with the Big Ten winning their first two games, with Vanderbilt losing, but now you have Auburn up 14-zip on Purdue. And again, it's hard to really tout your conference, even, even if the Big Ten has another good run. Because last year, I believe they went 7-1 and one in the bowl games. The only team that lost was michigan they had a nice lead over South Carolina and they blew that game. But it's it's hard to say, "Oh, okay, you know, we're a great conference. We go 7 and 1." It doesn't really matter what the SEC's bowl record is if every single year Alabama wins the national championship. You know what I'm saying? And That's then last true. year, of course, they're playing Georgia, another SEC team in the national championship game. But I feel like it doesn't it doesn't matter if the SEC goes 5 and 4 or 4 and 5 whatever it is in their bowl games if Alabama yet again wins the whole thing.
0: That's one hundred percent accurate.
1: But it is fun to argue and debate. Oh, it,
0: that's that's if you're the other team the other conference, that's the only argument you have. Hey, we won four of the five, we just couldn't beat the best team in your conference. So
1: yeah.
2: Chuck, how does Ohio State fare in the Rose Bowl on Tuesday? Ooh. I have to say,
1: I think I think the line is six and a half. I actually put a a good sized bet on Ohio State the day Urban Meyer. Announced his uh, retirement. And, and again, uh, I try to take emotions out of it. I probably, I probably wouldn't have bet Ohio State in this game if that didn't happen. Because I think with bowl games, it's a lot about motivation. If you're Ohio State and you basically you, you feel like you should have made the college football playoff, what's your motivation to go to the Rose Bowl? It seems like they play that game all the time. And it's, look, it is a, a New Year's Day bowl game, but it doesn't have the panache you know, of, of the college football playoff. So I feel like the motivation wasn't there. Now with Urban Meyer, it being his last game, and whether you like Urban Meyer or not, I understand a lot of people don't, but I feel like they want to carry him off the field after a big win. You also have Dwayne Haskins, who's probably going to declare for the NFL draft after that game, although he is playing it. So I, I do think Ohio State is going to do well, and I like them to cover. It was five. Now it's six and a half against Washington. And I, and we, it gets back to our, our point that the, the Pac-12 isn't very good either. That's no. true. Washington's down. They might put up
0: 60 because Urban's going to run it up on anybody he can. <laughs> it's his last it's chance. Also, <laughs> he will run it up.
1: Right. And also, the offense is that good. It's it's hard to keep Ohio State under 45 anyway. Right, Washington is yes. a good a good defense. They're going to try to slow it down and play a low-scoring game. But whether you like Urban or Ohio State or not, their offense is really, really good. Their defense is actually pretty terrible this year. But uh, the offense is great.
2: The Blues have won 5-7. They have two games in between now and when we return. Pittsburgh on – well, we'll do both – yeah, we'll do Monday night too because I I won't be here Monday. Okay. So Pittsburgh tomorrow, uh, Rangers, New Year's Eve, four points. Chance to catch up a little bit in the playoffs. Both at home. What do you got? How many points do the Blues get out of those four?
1: I feel like we always say two. Martin always goes for two, and then it ruins everybody else because nobody else – you don't really you want, to want to say, say one, one or three. But I'm gonna actually because I'm in look, I'm in a holiday mood. I'm excited. I want the blues to do well. I'm gonna say three points.
2: Okay. Uh,
0: nothing against Pittsburgh and they'll get the two against the Rangers. Okay. I, I, Pittsburgh will come in and kind of burst the bubble that we've got going right now. All right.
1: So okay. two of the four.
2: Uh also uh we discussed this briefly or in the press box. Patrick McCaw, offer sheet with Cleveland two years. Six million dollars. I think he was offered maybe a a two year, four or five million with Golden State, but that second year wasn't guaranteed, which I guess was his sticking point. So maybe he got what he wanted. That's the end of the day.
1: So Patrick McCall went to CBC, transferred out, and played in uh, Nevada. Nevada right? Yeah, his senior year, but uh, won the NBA championship his first year with Golden State. Then he had that terrible injury where he falls on his head but you know golden state was really high on him when they when they draft patrick mccall he's still really young so you got to think he could have a a solid nba career coming up here we have what cocktails and conversations coming up next everybody have a great weekend enjoy the college football and the nfl and 590 the fan we are doing shows yes on on Monday. monday on new year's eve so tune in i'll be doing the morning after with jim hayes and doug vaughn so we have programming going all the way throughout on New Year's Eve, right Jim Heuer? That is correct. All right. So for Jim Heuer, Brian Hoffman, Lucas Jones, I am Charlie Marlowe. This has been The Midday Grind on 590 the Fan and 590thefan.com. Cocktails and conversations coming up next.